there, I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everyone to this week's Aging Fearlessly and as always, thank you for tuning in. Your support means so much to me and motivates me to bring the best information and stories to you. So it's such a crazy time all over the world right now with COVID-19 wreaking havoc on our lives. Not only are people faced with the fact that they may catch COVID-19, they're also struggling with lockdowns, not being able to see friends, loved ones, or be part of the community and the things that they always love to do. And then there's those that have lost their jobs and are trying desperately to find a new job or reinvent their careers. So today I'm going to call on an expert. She's the guru of finding employment and helping others to sort out their careers. So Jane Jackson is the author of Navigating Career Cross, Crossroads and I'm going to ask her for some advice. Welcome, Jane. Thank you, Karen. It's a pleasure to be on the show again. Well, Jane, you are such a source of knowledge when it, it comes to careers and finding careers and, as your book says, Navigating Career Crossroads, which so many of us have done in our lives. And... You know, I thought we could do a little role play first of all. You ready for role sure. play? There's things in my opinion <laughs> when they say, oh, doing do. role play, I go, please, no, no, kill me now. <laughs> so, Jane, we haven't spoken in a while and I need some help. I've been through a really stressful time lately. I've been made redundant and I'm reaching out to you because I know you are the person that can help me to get on track. I'm in a bit of a flap. Do you know how people get when they're being made redundant? I'm at my wit's end trying to find a suitable role. Help! Help! <laughs> oh, well, Karen, um, thank you so much for calling and for asking for help because, you know, I'm always here for you should you need me. But first of all, I'm so sorry to hear about the redundancy and I know that it can be mm, quite a bit of an emotional roller coaster when that happens because... Because of COVID, you probably, you know, were thinking, you know, is this going to affect my job or not? And so there would have been an element of anxiety. And I found that the past uh, few months, really since lockdown for us at the end of end of March in, in Sydney, um, so many people have started to feel anxious. Initially, it was a little bit of a novelty. But then when roles were starting to be stood down and people weren't sure if there would be redundancies or layoffs or what was happening, um, the anxiety and actually some mental anguish for quite a lot of people. So, so how you must be feeling now? Remember that you're not alone. But um, what, what, what sort of help are you hoping for right now? Well, look, you know, I have a LinkedIn profile and I'm not sure if it's right. Um, my resume is, I haven't written a resume in 15 years, Jane. Mm. I mean, truthful, that's, that's a scary thing. And then it's the, where do I start looking for work? Mm. Okay. Well, first of all, 
I would say take a step back and reassess. It's a bit like taking a stock take of your life, okay? Um, one thing is, is if you're feeling really emotional about the situation, uh, please don't bottle it in. You know, talk talk to me or mm-hmm. um, you know, talk to a good friend or family member just because whenever you share a problem, it really is hard and it feels, feels so much better. Um, mm-hmm. but, but for yourself, are you hoping to secure a job as quickly as possible? Yeah, I would like to because the redundancy package, you know, that won't see me through for too long, you know, because mm. in my situation I'll have to buy a car mm. and because uh, I don't have a car. So really um, my role before allowed me to have a car. So there's just, you know, there's a lot of things to think about. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, well, also do I want to go back into that sort of work or do I want to, do I want to use my skills and find something else? I'm just not sure which way to go. But, yes, the, in answer to your question, I'd like to get back into the workforce fairly quickly. Yeah, okay. So the first thing that I would suggest is to consolidate your finances. Do a budget, okay, mm-hmm. uh, you, so that you know, you know what the incomings are, what the outgoings are. Um, there might be a redundancy package and you don't want to spend it all in one swell you know what just in one go um it's so much better to put it into perhaps a separate account and then draw down a similar salary as what you were getting before Mm -hmm. so that you know say if you were getting a weekly or a fortnightly payment you know how much is going to go into the spending account and then so it feels still like a salary is coming in um, and you're not tempted to, you know, just splash out and use a lot of it. Because sometimes when you've got a lump sum, you, you might be tempted to use it. Now, if you need a car, you need a car. And so, you know, obviously get the best possible deal. But I would say do a budget so that you know how long that redundancy package is going to last you before you really must start getting some income coming in. That way you can get a bit of a reality check. Uh, with regard to where you are because some people think oh my goodness I don't have a job I have to get one right away otherwise I'm up the creek and really you might have two three four six months I mean it depends on your redundancy package where you don't need to panic just yet and that will help to give you um, a level of confidence so that you know okay I can spend the time to look for another job rather than jumping at anything that comes available yeah once, once you've got that done, then it's important to take a stock take of where you're at at the moment. You know, were you happy in your role before? Were you doing something that you really enjoyed? Um, what is it that you're really good at? So I, I like to go through a series of career clarity exercises with you. And, and you know, we can work on those together, yeah. you know, if you're ready. Yeah. And um, we find out what your true values are and then what your skills and knowledge are, what your preferred skills are, what's transferable, what's not transferable. And it does depend on what you might want to do next. Mm. Um, and then have a look at what your tangible accomplishments accomplishments are you know what you've actually done that's made a difference you know in your previous roles maybe you save money or streamline processes or improve profits or increase the territory if you're in sales or it could be lots of different things yeah but you really need to start thinking what have i done that has solved a problem for my previous employer and what is my solution that i bring to a business Because if you are a solution to a business's problems, then you will be hired. Um, But you've got to package all of that up like almost like you're a product. If you depersonalize it, you'll you'll start to feel um, less anxious about it. And if you think of yourself as a product, 
Who's going to buy? How am I going to market myself? Then we can start to set a plan and brand you so that we can start to move forward. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it really makes sense because, you know, instead of just stabbing at the dark going, oh, what next, like in that hurried frenzy of I've got to do this and I've got to do that, I guess having a plan and, yeah, number one, making the budget sounds like a really good idea because I honestly don't know how long this money is going to last me. Mm. And, well, I suppose the other thing is do I need a car or can I just hire one when I need one? I I guess that's another option too. But, yeah, looking at... um, what my my skills are and what I'm and I yeah I've done a lot of great things for the company that I've worked for so yeah that's um good good advice so I need to sit down and take some notes huh make some notes yeah you know what what's important is once you start to you know like complete some self-assessments so that you get a clear indication as to who you are what's important to you as well because anybody can get a job tomorrow you know i mean there are lots and lots of you know during covid cleaning jobs galore yeah (laughs) that might might not be what you want to do um no you know you can you can get into you know now that the shops are starting to open there might be some retail jobs or things like that but if you're in a completely different field i'm sure that you would like to progress in your area of expertise yeah in order to do that you have to have a reality check if it's going to be hospitality or airlines at the moment it's very very tight and you're not going to get a job in an airline yeah yeah no that might be hard yeah and i could probably get a job in the the broomstick airline and fly a broomstick (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe but you see how just by starting to think about you know what the possibilities are and what your options are you feel a bit better, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it really is. It's think of it as the world of possibilities for you. And once you know who you are and what you've got to offer, then you've got to think, who's going to buy? Who's going to employ me? And you you cho- choose the companies that that seem to be doing good things now, uh, because you know th- there are you know areas that are are starting to boom. Healthcare, of course. You know they still need people. So even if you're not right on the front line as a nurse, they'll still need people to do you know, administration or operations and things like that. So um, depending on your area of expertise, think, is it transferable? And what I would suggest is not making a complete change into a new industry and a new job function altogether, but think of something that might be a similar job in yeah. a similar industry or the same industry then that makes it easier. Or if you're in an industry that really is hurting right now, um, perhaps, you know, say say if you were in marketing in hospitality, well, hospitality is not really hiring very much at the moment, uh, but maybe another industry would need a marketer. So you're still marketing, but it's in a different industry. Yeah. So if you're changing one element rather than every element, then it, it, it makes it a lot easier for you because you've got some credibility and experience behind you in, in either the industry or the job function. Yeah. So, so there are options. And what I would suggest is to do some exploration. And once you've done those, those self-assessments, we, we can pull out what's most relevant for you. And we use you know, the, the strengths to put into your resume. Because honestly, Karen, when you write a resume, once you have a look at all the accomplishments documented on that, that, that document, you're going to feel this sense of um, greater confidence. And when you've got confidence, then you can market yourself a lot more strongly. How long, you know, 
when I really started work years ago, my resumes were so long. How long should they be? Okay, we need them short, sharp, to the point. We do not want a dissertation. <laughs> a lot of people have been working for a long time. They put so much information in their resume because they think, oh, um, people will be able to sift through it and find that I can actually do lots of good stuff. No, people don't have time to read through a 10 yeah. Keep it to two pages because what will happen, I mean, have a master template of as long as you like. But when you make an application, have a look at exactly what the job description is looking for and then you cull your long master template and only include what is relevant to the reader who's screening for that particular role and you're going to cut out a lot of fluff you might be very proud of something you did 15 years ago if it's not relevant leave it out and can you help with that yep that's what i do i do this about, all day all night and what, what about cover letters do i need a cover letter it depends on, on the employer. Some people ask for cover letters, some people don't. But I would say get used to crafting a good cover letter anyway because the cover letter gives you an opportunity to put a bit of your personality in there yeah. and also to tie in um, why you might be interested in that particular company. So if you're going to write a cover letter, make it a good one. No more than one page, though. But don't don't use the cover letter as uh, please find attached to my resume because that's a waste of space. Uh, use your cover letter as an additional marketing document. Ah, oh, so they really, you know, it's just a link between the two, but really separate. It's yeah. it's it's me. This is what I am. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, what about that LinkedIn profile? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love LinkedIn. You are you the, you're the expert of LinkedIn, I believe. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn for job seekers and LinkedIn also for. Uh, business building it's huge business to business and business to consumer linkedin is the place to be now and of course for job seekers you can build your resume on linkedin oh um, really you've already got your linkedin profile you can use the build a resume um, feature and it will actually automatically take all of the information in your linkedin profile and plonk it into a resume now just remember that you still have to tailor it because the information you put in your LinkedIn profile is going to be a lot more personal than what's in a resume. So a resume, you'll write it in third person. LinkedIn, you'll write it in first person because it's, oh. it's networking, professional networking online. So you, know, you don't talk about yourself in the third person. Oh, so, I mean, I used to think you might be able to help. Do, is there like, um, when you do a LinkedIn profile, do you remember that they... You used to score how far, you know, like, uh, what am I trying? You're thinking of being an all-star or not. Ah. You know, they, they have all-star profiles. So first of all, I mean, well, there's a social selling index as well. That's two different things. Um, for your profile, if you fill in as many sections as possible and you've got a complete profile, then LinkedIn calls you an all-star oh. profile. Yeah, so it just means you filled in all the, all the bits. Okay, because you can add projects and publications and certifications and the about section. You can add lots of different sections. So if you add lots of sections, then you become a stronger and stronger profile. But the LinkedIn Social Selling Index is something completely different. And that analyzes your activity on LinkedIn and how you compare with people who are similar to you in your industry. Um, and so, you know, I'm very, very active. And so I'm in the top 1% of people in the professional training and coaching industry. 
um, uh, because I, I do a dumb site more on LinkedIn than most people do because I use it to market myself. Yeah, and it works. It works. You can you can share articles and posts and videos and pictures and um, that's why you're the guru. Yeah, but it's just I, I, the reason why I share things is really to educate. And because, yeah. like for you, Karen, you know you've got your area of expertise. Uh, you could also share content, posts, and articles, and even videos of yourself, and and position yourself as a leader in your field as well. Because when it comes to sales, you're so strong, um, and so why not provide advice on sales? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, all this is so helpful. Now, someone else told me, Jane, that you are running some courses. What? How can people like? What courses can I get involved with? With you, how how can I do this more simply? What what Not in a panic or anything, but what next? <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you, you you can you can choose. Either we can work together one on one, if you want completely bespoke coaching services. But what I have that's um, really helpful and very very affordable because I've created an option because not everyone can actually afford one on one coaching. It's a huge investment into your career, which is worthwhile but it might not be what you want to spend at this point in time. So I have the Careers Academy online, and um, that is a membership site, which is a very low monthly uh, membership, but in it you get monthly group coaching sessions with me, and we do it via Zoom, and then I put the recordings into the Careers Academy so that you know, all members can review it Access. again. Because yep. so often I share the screen and I do LinkedIn training and interview training, all sorts of things. Um, and then uh, also you're entitled to one half hour one-on-one session with me as part of the membership. And then I've got lots of online programs. There's the How to Write a Resume online program, How to Build um, Your Personal Brand for Career Success online program, LinkedIn for Career Success, good one, for uh, Career Success, and... Um, I have how to build confidence. So how to build confidence online program is good because if you're feeling a little bit of a wobble, uh, this helps you to identify exactly what's stressing you, how to manage your stress levels. And once you are able to get your stress levels under control, you have a good reality check of your life and you will feel a lot more confident knowing what to do in order to you know, manage your anxiety whenever it starts to get a little yeah. bit wobbly again. I know, you know, I have a tendency to get a bit of anxiety over these things and it's, um, yeah, it's a little bit scary when you, you know, because then you're not focusing on, I'm not focusing on what I really need to do to, to actually find a job and I want to prepare correctly for this one because, I mean, this might be the last real career change I make in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's important to me to find something that's important and, uh, you know, that I'm going to enjoy as well. That gives yeah. me a purpose. Yeah. I, I know I could go and I could clean houses or I could clean things, but, Jane, you talked about those, but it's not what I want to do. No, it's not, that's right. it's that's not my why, best. Yeah, that's why you need to take stock of your career. What are your skills? What are your personal assets? You know, that's the qualifications, the training, certifications, etc. And how does that project you into that desired role? Remember what I said at the beginning was, Think of yourself as a problem solver. Every company has problems. Mm. Which are the problems that you can solve? And if you position yourself on LinkedIn and also in your cover letter and your resume as the solution to those problems, 
then then you're going to generate interest. Your resume will get you a phone call, that's all. But once you get that phone call, you get called in for an interview, you've got to prepare well for your interview and make sure you've got all those examples to demonstrate that you get stuff done. And I love that GSD. Yeah, GSD. Yeah, GSD. Oh, yeah, I have a GSD um, Get Stuff Done accountability group on Facebook. Which Oh, is- do you? Yeah, you're very welcome to join it. Um, oh, if you okay. To- I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, no, the, my Get Stuff Done accountability group. I'm there all the time making sure people get stuff done, basically. And, you know, if someone says, I'm going for an interview, I always say, how did the interview go? What went right? What went wrong? What could you do differently next time? And then I do Facebook live broadcasts, sometimes with a bit of um, advice or guidance. Or sometimes I'm just going for a walk and I'll do a Facebook live and say, hey, guys, I'm going for a walk. Are you meeting your health goals too? So I keep people on track with their health and fitness goals, their weight loss goals, their career goals, their business goals their personal goals. We used to have holiday goals, but because no one's taking holidays now. Well, <laughs> no I have just, goals at the moment. in the midst of all of this, I've just booked a holiday, so I'm going to have to reassess that. But um, have you got three tips for job interviews mm-hmm. for me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, top tips for job interviews. Number one is preparation is key. Now, they're, they're actually, can I give you four tips? Yes. Four tips. I'll give you four. You can give five. No, four is fine because there are four fatal flaws of interviewees. And actually, if you have a look on on, um, LinkedIn and you follow me, I'm releasing 10 videos of how to prepare for job interviews. Oh, really? I'm talking about the fatal flaws. So there's a hashtag you can follow on LinkedIn. It's not on Twitter anywhere. But if it's hashtag JJ interview tips that's where you'll find all of my interview tips oh yeah so just go into the search field on linkedin uh put hashtag jj interview tips you know that's my initials jj um then you'll see and every time i release another one it will go into that that uh, filter oh wow Um, so the four fatal flaws okay what the one is uh, lack of preparation is a fatal flaw. So please remember to prepare well for your interviews. Prepare yourself, your assets, and prepare by doing the research into the company and the job function. Mm-hmm. The second fatal flaw is talking too much. So please make sure when you're, inter- you're being interviewed, don't talk too much. I know you're excited and you want to tell people it's just like, Bleh. you want to tell them everything, but make sure you listen to the question. And we talk too much because we're nervous and we don't listen to the question. And then we talk and we run off at the mouth. And half the time you think, oh, what was the question again? And then you keep talking and you dig yourself into a hole, right? So make sure you listen to the question, answer the question. And once you've answered it, stop. If there's a silence, you could say, would you like me to expand on any aspect of that, right? So Mm. don't keep talking because you could go completely off track. Third fatal flaw is over selling an over-exaggerated sense of self-importance you know how sometimes you meet someone and they just get up your nose because they think that they're the the god of the century or the guru of the world or whatever and, and it's overselling. so that that um doesn't actually come across well in an interview talk about the facts don't don't talk about how you know i'm amazing because what it is is it's uh, I've been able to solve these problems and then give them an example. That mm-hmm. way you won't come across as overselling. And yep. the final fatal flaw, as a good tip, is to make sure that you're aware of your body language and also your attire. 
Uh, if you're going to be meeting people face to face or via a video interview, dress appropriately. Yeah, and um, make sure that your body language is positive. Now, with um, I, I don't know if, if your listeners will be able to see this on video or not, but you'll notice that for me now, um, I'm I'm on video with you, but I have my head and shoulders uh, in the screen, and so I'm looking at the camera and I'm looking straight at you. Okay. Yeah. And and that way, it's almost like we're having a cup of coffee, uh, facing each other. Yes, and yep. it's it's very close, and it feels quite natural, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So well, make sure that an interview is a conversation. Someone wants to get to know you. You want to get to know them. If it's a good fit and a good cultural fit, as well as a personality fit uh, for the company and for the role and for your boss, then you'll be more successful. Hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. And so, was that our four tips? Yep. That's four. Four factors: preparation. Don't talk too much. No, don't no overselling. Uh, and Restore your body language and attire is appropriate. Yep. Yeah. I actually put my lipstick on for this chat today. You're looking very smart. <laughs> um, well, Jane, let's just go now to more about that. That's been really helpful, and I hope people get an idea of you know, what you can do for them, but the things that they need to really focus on when they um, find that they're looking to change their jobs. And I haven't been made redundant, by the way. Um, I'm 20 years tomorrow in my career where I... 20 years tomorrow. And uh, I was letting it slide by. Um, that's in my full-time job that I've, I've held down. And, and, you know, I know at times it, it becomes stressful in your workplace and you have to, you know, for me it's always about finding um, more purpose in what I do and being able to deliver um, to my customers as well as to the company that I work for. But, yeah, so thanks to my employers, I've been working for a very long time. Um, but Jane, look, I know, look, your new book, tell me about your new book. Your, it's the upgrade. Here we go. Yes, Navigating Career Crossroads. I'm so proud of it because I published the first edition in 2015 and we had a joint book launch. We you did. Your book um, at the same time, which is fantastic. It was so much fun, Karen. Um, and so five years has gone by. Can you believe it? And a lot has changed. The job search process is the same, but there are some new things that I knew I had to let readers know about. And especially with all of the changes on LinkedIn, um, I, I had to do you know, an updated version. So, so in this um, second edition, uh, there is so much more information on LinkedIn and how you can leverage it as a job seeker. So that's very helpful. I also have um, some new resources and there's the URL in the book to my links to resources where um, that's constantly updated. And, and so you can, you can read through the book. It takes you step-by-step step through the seven steps to secure your next role. I follow a seven-step process, which I call my careers process. Yeah. And, um, and if you follow it, uh, you will be successful. The only thing I can't guarantee is how long it will take, but that depends on how well you follow the process. <laughs> well, Jane, look, I know you've helped so many people and I you know 
you often say to a mid midwife, how many babies have you delivered? And they go, oh, I don't know, thousands. And you've probably helped so many people, you, you couldn't count the number. You've been in this career for a long time and you've been very successful and I know just how passionate you are. Um, and that's why, you know, I trust all the information that you share with my podcast listeners because I do know so many people right now who are out of work and some are on JobKeeper, but some of their jobs aren't probably going to be there in the future. Mm. And there's some also now on JobSeeker, which, mm -hmm. yeah, it's um, it's a challenging yeah. world think, out there. I think the thing is, is that most people are feeling very concerned now because what's going to happen at the end of February when JobKeeper stops, um, when JobSeeker maybe goes back to the old levels, um, what's going to happen? Will companies be closing down? Will they be, you know, staying afloat? Will they be just staying afloat? And so there's a lot of uncertainty, especially for September 2020. And um, hopefully the economy will just hang in there and we won't won't head, you know, full on into a, a, a descending recession, which is, which is what people are really worried about. But the thing is, is that remember that there are always options for you with regard to employment. And also, don't rule out self-employment as well, because the gig oh. economy, that was growing anyway, pre-COVID. And now, if you, if you are happy to set yourself up freelancing with what you do, um, it's a matter of learning how to market yourself well. So, so that you can, you know, organize your time, continue marketing, get one gig after another as a freelancer, or else set yourself up as a consultant, or maybe even start a small business. There's, mm. um, I have a free masterclass actually. If um, anyone is thinking about exploring, you know, going into their own business, and I teamed up with a lovely coach, Ingrid Thompson. Oh, uh, wrote, of course. Yeah, I wrote Navigating Career Crossroads. She wrote, so you want to start a business. So we thought, well, that's perfect. Why don't yes. we come together and create a masterclass? And it's called Build Your Business Masterclass. Mm. So um, it, it's it's actually it's it's in. If you go to the Careers Academy dot online, all of the information is is there. So um, you can always find out, or else you can just. Um, Drop me a note or go to janejacksoncoach.com. Um, and I know Ingrid as well, and I see a lot of her information coming through, and she is great at what she does. Mm. We were in an accountability group together once. Yeah. So, um, and Jane, just recently I was fortunate at my company. They asked me to do a coffee break last Thursday, oh. and it was about... Um, stepping out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and if you don't ask you don't get and mm -hmm. I did a, a half hour presentation on things you know that that I've learned from my career and from the things I do outside mm -hmm. that have allowed me to step way outside of my comfort zone and I'm sure for many people searching for jobs or, or new careers it's outside their comfort zone but you know you you can do it mm -hmm. if you've got a plan Mm -hmm. And if you really have a good purpose, for, you know, if, if your purpose is right, then it's easy enough to step outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And if you get a little bit stuck, ask for help. Just ask for help because there will be people who will support you. And if you need professional advice, then, you know, go, go to a professional as well. You don't have to come to me. There are many, many career coaches 
all over the world, all over Sydney as well. Um, but I, I think probably a good place to start is perhaps read Navigating Career Crossroads. It, it's got exercises in there. There's advice and guidance in there. It's under $10 as a Kindle version. So why not? Well, Jane, thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yes, I want to add that you are such an inspiration, Karen, because oh, you, you always step out of your comfort zone and you give everything a go. And I think that's what keeps us young, is always having a go, always being willing to go with the flow, adapt with the times, dance in the moment, yeah, yep. and just accept change, because change is inevitable, isn't it? Yes, it's like aging's inevitable, growing yeah. old, the choice. And I quote you all the time. I love that quote. I love that quote. And I'm 61 now. I'm not going to retire because I love what I do so much. I think I'm going to just continue on, but maybe just pull back a little bit. Maybe when I reach 70, you know, right now I'm fit, I'm healthy, I'm enjoying myself. I'm helping people. I have a purpose. So if you can find your purpose, um, in your career, anyone who might be going through a transition now, as soon as you you come on uh, you, you come upon the thing that really makes your heart sing, then you're going to have a lot more energy and a lot more confidence too. I was just going to say, Jane, that what you do, I know, is what fills you up. You know, and people talk about how do you do so much? You do it because it actually fills you up, mm. and you feel good because you're helping other people as well. And I think with my podcasts Mm -hmm. and the amazing people, I am now um, asking me to interview them. Mm. That fills me up too. And it's not about ego or anything else. It's about extracting stories and having a purpose and giving back. I get all teary when I talk about it um, because that's what I love to do. And as you know, you know, I'm doing as many podcasts as I possibly can without interfering with the work I have to do or I do do. And, uh, yeah, and I truly love it. Zoom has made all the difference to being able to do it whenever I want outside my working hours. It's um, fantastic. Yeah, I know. I Honestly, video conferencing, if everyone can get up to speed with the technology, and I think so many people are pretty good at it now, it's opened up a whole world of possibilities and I coach, I coach via Zoom. I've been doing it for five years. So when people were transitioning because of COVID, I'm thinking, well, I'm already set up, got the microphone, got the Zoom, got the tech, let's just connect. So yeah, it, yeah. it, it makes such a difference when you're doing something that you know makes a difference in someone's life. It does. Well, Jane Jackson, author of Navigating Career Crossroads, thank you so much. Thank you, Karen Sander. (laughs) And thanks all the listeners. I hope you find this really helpful. I will put the information up um, when I podcast this so that you can find Jane easily because, um, you know, you do do consultations and chats and I think it's really important for people to know there is someone to turn to. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard 
especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful Go and climb mountains high Swim across oceans wide Live out our dreams Just you and me Let your heart be alive There's no time to waste Gotta go get the most out of This treasure that you've got to find, baby, don't be shy. Let's go and take that ride. Taste the sweet and the spice, everything nice. Let your heart be alive, baby, just let your heart come alive, honey. Let your heart be alive.